Hello everyone and welcome to itsyourseason.life where we are discovering and living life at any age. I'm Lisa Boson. I'm here to introduce you to people like you and me who have rediscovered themselves, stretched their abilities, and to me, kept their light under a bushel basket. I hear their stories and think, wow, that is so cool. These are ordinary people doing the extraordinary. So what are we doing? Well, you know how you'd love to hear your peers succeed, get inspired by those who just try that's us. That's itsyourseason.life. Don't forget to follow us on our website, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm there sharing weekly updates and, of course, what's in season, be it people, food, feelings, and nature. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. It is Tuesday, February 16th, and my guest today is Sarah Chartier. She is a Colorado business owner and recently completed her certification as a financial coach. Sarah is a franchise owner of the Spice and Tea Exchange Fort Collins. She is a huge Packer fan. Beer, cheese, and Packer are in her blood. She's like many today. She's balancing being a business owner, a wife, a mother of a kindergartner and stepmom to a middle schooler. She's juggling virtual schooling, continually expanding her own knowledge, keeping customers engaged, and hopefully, of course, shopping and staying afloat when the waves are rough. She has made three career pivots, including two and from law enforcement and taking lessons learned along the way. So how does she do it and how does she define important? Where does she find her inspiration, and what does she want to leave us with today? So let's find out. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. So let's just start off. What got you going in charge today on this cold February day? Besides two cups of coffee, um, (laughs) my six-year-old for sure, because he is, yay, in school, in-person learning. So... We had to get up this morning, and he cuddles in at about 6 a.m., and, and we start our day getting him off to school in the morning. Oh, yeah. Finally. I bet a lot, a lot of our listeners out there can relate to that. So you've had a really interesting life, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on. I, I met you through another avenue, but I really wanted you to, to share. So kind of how did you get started? What are these other lives you've led, and how did you get here? Well, I... I am a pastor's kid, a PK, and so we moved around a lot when I was younger. I was in nine schools by the time I was in ninth grade, so um, we didn't really go on summer vacations. We packed up the house and moved every summer. So different states, different sides of the country, um, the side of the Mississippi anyways, and we came to Colorado my freshman year, which would have been 93, and really never left for much after that. Uh, I went to Arizona for like six months when I was, I don't know, 19. But other than that, I've been in Colorado since then. Uh, I went to high school in Loveland at Thompson Valley High and then graduated um, in 97 and went to CSU and was there for a couple years. Wasn't super excited about my degree or what I had started off with. And somebody uh, was recruiting my brother to join the Loveland Police Department. So my brother and I are only 20 months apart. So he and I were buddies all growing up. We were best friends. And that also, I'm the baby, so (laughs) super competitive and super driven. And I was like, wait a second, I could do that. That sounds great. So I stopped CSU. Um, It was probably, I don't know, 
I was probably a sophomore and then a semester into my my junior year and you know three weeks later was signed up and at the police academy in Greeley at, at Ames um, and I ended up doing a little over 13 years um, in law enforcement in a couple different departments here in uh, northern Colorado and did the last 10 years or so with Loveland PD. That must have been an incredible experience. <laughs> it was it was great I mean it was you know, I was young when I started, and it was back in 2002 when I started. So even though that doesn't seem that long ago to be a 20, a, you know, young 20s female in law enforcement was still unusual. Um, you know, there weren't many of us in the departments in northern Colorado and certainly not that young. So that was a little um, unique. And then my dream, my dream position was always to be at the drug task force and uh, was the youngest female detective to go out there at that time and the only female detective out there at that time. Um, and then that's where I met my my now current business partner, Kirsten Rulin, who she worked for another regional department, but we were both in Larimer County. So we both were out at the drug task force together um, and then the only two females together out of the task force. So we certainly bonded out there with that shared experience. So I'm hearing that change was in your blood, like all the way through high school and college. And gosh, you, uh, you became, I, I'm going to make a note of that. You were the first, the youngest and one of the, the only woman for a while, or one of the first women, the first women to be, uh, in the drug task force. So you get out there and you sounds like you'd love to get out there and just try something new and make it work. And, and I remember the story about Kirsten. And so tell me, tell us a little bit more. How did that next change happen? And how in the world did you go from drug task force to spices? <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I, I knew I was never going to be a lifer in the police department. Um, I didn't want to be, uh, not that there's anything wrong with this, but I didn't want to be like 55 and chasing a 20 year old bad guy down the street. Like that never appealed to me. So I knew that it wasn't going to be this 30 year stint that I did. So I always knew that there was going to be a plan B and just wasn't sure what that was. And so when Kirsten and I were out at the task force together, our desks would be next to each other and we were always sharing recipes and talking about what we had cooked the night before or bringing in a soup for each other to share. And so it kind of just was, you know, we should, we should start the, we should start a business. We should start a catering. We should start a restaurant. Your soup is amazing. Like, you know, so it's always, <laughs> you know, just kind of dreaming that way. And Kirsten got out of the police force. She retired out a couple years before I did and went into real estate full time. Um, and she was visiting her mom in Texas and her mom brought her to this cute little shop, her favorite little place to go. And it was the Spice and Tea Exchange in Grapevine, Texas. And Kirsten came back and we actually hadn't, she had retired out at this time, um, I was back on patrol at this time. So we, although we still kept in touch, we weren't, you know, seeing each other on a regular basis, but we met for wine um, one night after she came back just to catch up. And she slid this business card across the table to me and told me about this amazing spice store that she was in in Texas and said, not for nothing, but I talked to the owner and, and they franchise. And so 
I, that's really kind of all it took. So I took the business card home. I started looking into it. I ordered like the, the franchise packet, started talking to the business and I, and I came back to her and was like, you know, this isn't crazy. Like, I think we could do this. And so sure enough, within two years, we had opened our first location in Fort Collins. To go back to what you were saying about change and fear, like, or changing all the time, like that, because that is such a way that I was brought up, like there's, there's no fear ever associated with that with me, which I think is a big deal. Like change is exciting. Um, change is necessary for me. I find that even as I get older, you know, if, if I'm too comfortable, I'm going to grab a paint can and paint a room because, <laughs> you know, I love change, even little bits of change. There's always some project going on in my house, but I think that that's been one of the most important things, um, that there was no fear associated with change and no, no failure associated with change. And, and you were growing. You, you said your first franchise, what was the maximum number of, uh, I'm not stores that you had at the, at the time. That's I think that's the, all this. Also, the exciting part is you grew during this time. Yep. So we so we opened our first store in Fort Collins in 2014, and then we expanded into a second store in Vail in 2016. And we were there for four years, um, and that just ended up being a really tough location. It was tough because it was so far away to manage, and staffing was really hard in Vail. And, you know, our product, although it seems simple, right, it's spices and tea, there's a lot of knowledge that goes into it so that you can educate the customers on how to use the spices and how to cook with it. And so, you know, we've been super blessed with our staff in Fort Collins and our turnover rate here is really low. And so the gals, we really get to know the customers and how to use the spices and and how to describe the teas to help our guests pick out ones that will really work well for them. So with Vail being so seasonal and the, the employee base turning over every several months, it, it ended up being more of a challenge than we wanted to continue with up there. Um, so in 2019, August of 2019, we moved that Vail store down to Scotch Pines Village at Drake and LeMay, which was great um, until COVID hit. And we ended up closing that store down. Yeah, that COVID, I tell you, it really made us into change <laughs> agents, didn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Gosh, um, I want to talk more about that. But I also want to talk about, you know, y'all were able to take your, your, your love of food and interest and find something that could take you to the next phase of your life. And so tell me, how did um, how did being in law enforcement or, or having kind of this whole other career, though, help you move forward with your next phase of, of being these spice shop owners and, and just offering just wonderful things to people? Well, when... So, we opened up Fort Collins in September of 2014, and then I had my son in October of 2014. And he is my first. My husband has a daughter from a previous marriage um, who is now 13, but Vincent Vinny is my uh, first child. So 
So that was a big transition for me, obviously. Mm -hmm. I was still in law enforcement at this time, so still working full-time in law enforcement. Opened the store September, had Vinny in October, and then when Vinny was about eight months old, that's when I retired from law enforcement. And my husband is also there in law enforcement, and it was just a realization that, you know, either I was never going to see my husband because we'd be working opposite ends of the week in order not to have our son in daycare full time, or I was not going to see my son because of, you know, they work 11 and a half hour shifts. So it was just kind of this, I was ready for my life to change Mm -hmm. and ready to close that chapter. And I had done it. I had worked my goal career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was training other officers, which is a, a position I loved, coaching new officers when they come came on. Um, but now I was married. Now I had a baby. Now I had this other business that really tapped into a creative side um, that I loved. And so, you know, it was just time to let that chapter close and move on. Yeah, so this opens up a whole other kind of way for you to experience life and, and be creative. What what else do you love about what you're doing now? I love I love connecting with people. I love learning, you know, who my guests are. We've been in this location for almost seven years now and we've had people who've been with us from the very beginning. So now not only am I sharing with them how I use something, but they're coming back in and talking to me about how much they love the product and what they cooked with it or what their family loved or what they're doing or who they're buying for. And you really get to know people on a different level, obviously, than when you're (laughs) a police officer and you're getting called to help somebody, right? So you're Mm -hmm. helping somebody, but in a different way. I love that I can be creative and there's something different to do every day at the store. You know, maybe I'm making blends or maybe I'm redesigning a marketing piece or maybe I'm it's time just to move the store around because it hasn't been, you know, restyled, I called it, in a, in a couple months. And so, um, you know, it kind of like police work as far as no day is ever the same. And I have a variety of things I can choose from when I want to go in and start the day. So I think that's important for me personally is, you know, which probably goes back to the, the change piece that we talked about growing up. But I need to know that every day is not going to look the same for me. So um, I personally think that being the uh, first woman drug task force person in the area, woman in the area is a gutsy thing. But maybe you have something else. What is the gutsiest thing you've ever done? Well, I will say that Margaret O'Brien was the first one out there. She just wasn't out there. She hadn't been out there for several years when I went back out there. So Mm -hmm. just to clarify that, I want to give her her props. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that, you know, what comes to my mind is making this the decision to close the second store in Fort Collins after it had reopened and just was not gaining any traction after COVID. So we had opened that location in August of 19 and it was closed down from March, mid-March of 2020 through mid-May of 2020. And then when we opened, it just never gained back, you know, we were maybe at 30% of our previous sales and it just never came back. And so 
in October, you know, Kirsten and I really had to sit down as we were looking forward to the holiday season and having to ramp up inventory, maybe possibly ramp up staffing just to plan because we don't know what's going to happen. And our other store, our main store was fine at this point. So we knew that we had that, that we had to count on. Um, but just making the decision to close it and say, it's just not, it's just not working mm-hmm. and not allowing that failure of that story to attach to ourselves personally or attach to our story. It just is what it was. And it, it was a business decision and a good decision. And, you know, we move forward condensing our business back to one store. So I, I know I'm personally impressed with how sometimes it's a business decision and you made it. It's, it's not that you failed. That's just a good, it was a good solid business decision, which, Takes me to my next question for those, for our listeners who are thinking about owning a business, especially, you know, a franchise or really any business. How did, how did you learn these business basics? How did you, how did you do that? Uh, through the school of hard knocks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, we were cops. Let's be real. We were cops (laughs) and we opened a spice store. So there was a lot of learning along the way, a lot of I mean, my mind, I always like numbers and I like analytics and I like looking at the details and Kirsten is the social one and, you know, so we kind of had our lanes Mm -hmm. already, we're the yin and yang for each other, so we already had kind of had our lanes figured out before we went into business together and honestly, we also worked really stressful situations together at the drug task force before we went into business together, so... We trusted each other already. We knew how to communicate together very well. Uh, We knew what each other was good at before we opened the doors to the spice shop. So that kind of helped lay down a foundation for us of success as being business partners. Um, And then, you know, we just tackled what needed to be tackled. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, made mistakes, but again, that goes back to, and I credit my parents for this, you know, failure just, you, sometimes you don't succeed, but that's not a failure for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't reflect on me personally because something mm-hmm. doesn't succeed. As long as I put in all the effort I need to put in and I do what I need to do on my end, you, you know, and learn what I need to learn and give it a hundred percent, then that failure just is a failure. It's not succeeding. It's not me personally. And so having that as a background and a a mind frame going into everything that I do, um, you know, makes traversing life a lot easier when you don't take that weight on. Mm -hmm. So what is one thing about your, the spice business? Because I want to get into the next one, but what is one thing Mm -hmm. about your spice business that you didn't expect? I didn't expect... You know, I think there's a lot that's, that goes into location and choosing the right space. But I think sometimes you have in the mindset, oh, this is a great, great location. And if I build it, they will come, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whatever that Kevin Costner movie was. And, you know, that's not always the case. Like, Vail was a great location and has a ton of foot traffic. <clears throat> but just because we opened the doors there didn't, didn't mean that people were going to automatically start flooding in and buying. Mm -hmm. And so there was a definitely, you know, learning aspect and a curve aspect of sales 
and marketing and just because you have a great product, you, you still have to sell it and bring people in. Yeah, yeah, very absolutely sure. It's a great product, but people have to find you and know where you are and, mm -hmm. and continual sales. Um, mm -hmm. And I have to say, y'all do a beautiful job with the marketing. <laughs> some of, some yeah, of the photos you. are just amazing. Um, so I do want to take some time. You've been law enforcement. You own a spy shop, and then you started another project, your own, another profession, really, as a financial coach. Tell us, how did, how did that pivot happen? How, what, what, what was important to you about it, and how did that happen? So that was also something that came out of the chaos and of the 2020 year and COVID and all that that changed in our lives. I, you know, as a business owner, had two locations and through no fault of my own was told to shut my doors and was not allowed to make an income. And I think that kind of put me justifiably in a little bit of a personal tailspin, um, not knowing when we were going to open, our, you know, our, when our sales were going to return to normal, if we were going to be able to pay ourselves any money or much less our employees or our loan payments or, you know, just kind of caused this craziness. And I knew um, that one thing I could control was getting my personal finances in order and accounted for and under control. So, um, I'm a stress shopper <laughs> and would find myself, you know, in the days that we're at home, right? Scrolling and shopping and scrolling and shopping and, um, realized that this was, you know, I didn't want to have debt. I didn't want to have credit cards. I didn't want to owe anybody any money anymore because if something like this happens or if it's sustainable and long-term, you know, how do I get out of it? Because now I don't have an income because I've been told I can't, but I still owe these debts because, you know, of, of different financial choices that we were making as a family. And so I just started um, consuming Dave Ramsey podcasts and listening about how to gain financial peace and control back in my life and to take control back of my money and to stop that anxiety. And really that's what it was. I mean, we um, made some decisions about, you know, paying off our cars, paying off our, um, some credit cards and just changing how we were living. And it, there was a piece that came over me really quickly. Um, as far as going to bed at night, not worrying about what bills were going to come through the next day, how that was going to be paid. Um, you know, what was coming in, I, I started budgeting. So I knew what was coming in. I knew what was going out exactly. And felt that this was something that I wanted to share with other people. And so I became certified as a financial coach through Ramsey Solutions because I want other people to feel that peace and that control back in their lives and knowing that, you know, there's a choice in all of it. And I can help get you to a place that takes that anxiety away. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you also sharing your personal story and, and how, you, how you are starting to make that shift. You made that shift for yourself, and now you want to help others do that. What was one of the most outstanding 
um, understandings as you went through this financial coach, personal finance piece? Or what might be one of the greatest challenges as you work with, co- with, with people on their finances as a financial coach? What, what might words of wisdom or you know, things that need to be considered as a challenge as you work with new clients? I think accountability is a big one. Um, you know, we are in such a society where buying things is so easy. You know, we can just do it on our phone. We can do it instantly. One click buying. We don't even have to bring our wallets into the store anymore. And so because it's so easy, I think there's a lack of accountability to ourselves and maybe to our family as to what we're spending money on. And so I think that's important to take that responsibility back and take control back of the money and and starting to be um, intentional about what we're spending our money on and what we want our goals as a family to be or as a person to be and um, you know just you know living with intention knowing that if I don't buy it today and I choose to put my money towards a debt or I choose to put my money into savings you know there's a bigger picture behind it um, so being accountable to each other as a family, I think is important and then being intentional with what you're spending your money on. So Sarah, let's take a deeper dive into financial coaching. What exactly is financial coaching? So if you think of a coach, which could be anything, sports coach, your physical fitness trainer, and just bring it to the realm of your personal finances. So a coach is someone who gives you knowledge, who helps you train, who supports you, motivates you, inspires you, keeps you accountable. And that is what I'm doing for people in their realm of personal finances. So I'm not going to give advice on financial advising and specifically what mutual funds you need to invest your money in. That's in a financial advisor. So I'm more of helping you figure out what habits and changes you need to make in your daily life to reach your financial goals, whatever those may be for you and your family. Okay, great. So I really hear the enthusiasm in your voice for this. So why do you, what's important about this? Why is it important? And again, I, I think we spoke a little bit about why you chose it, but just take us a little deeper. I think it's important because so much of our financial how we spend money and how we deal with money is in our mindset, right? A lot of our financial problems, they'll say, are 80% in your mind and, and 20% in your, in your wallet. There's plenty of us in America who make enough money but are still living in anxiety and still living paycheck to paycheck and still couldn't afford, you know, a $400 emergency if it came up and would end up putting that on a credit card. So I want to help people get rid of that anxiety be free to live the dreams and the life they want to live and to sleep better at night with peace. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm thinking, you know, one of the root causes of a lot of family turmoil or, or, um, relationships is financial. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking this could help bridge that and get people on the right track, whether it's an individual or as a family or as a partnership. Right. One of the first gals that I coached was, um, you know, a single mom who was recently single, so needed to learn how to budget and adjust their lifestyle to fit better with a single income moving forward. And, you know, we talk a lot about debt, but it's not necessarily about debt. It's just 
taking control of your money and telling your money where to go so you are living the lifestyle. And there is a lot of power that just comes from telling your money where to go and knowing where it's going instead of the end of the month wondering where it all is going. So even though we focus on debt, a lot of my coaching hasn't revolved around that. Um, and it all starts with the basics of budgeting uh, to know where you want to go in life. One of the more recent individuals I coached was um, a couple in their 70s who are in retirement and wanted to focus on paying off their mortgage and clear that off of their plate so that they could relax more in their retirement. So we were able to get control of their budget and put extra money to their mortgage and they were quickly able to pay that off a lot quicker than they anticipated. And, um, you know, she was able to fully retire then and change her lifestyle and enjoy it more in the 70s, in her 70s. Mm-hmm. That is a great success story, which really leads me to my next question. What does it look like? What do you do when you first start working with clients? So the very first thing we would do is have just a short consultation call to figure out what their financial goals are and, you know, to make sure that we're a good fit and that I can help them and that they're in the right place to take on the challenge and move forward. Again, a lot of this is mindset. So, you know, if someone's not committed to the process, they could have all the knowledge in the world and not make any progress towards their goals. So we want to make sure that we're both in a right place to be able to, to move forward and achieve their goals. And then, uh, you know, it just really is personal based on whatever the individual wants. If they are needing to learn how to budget and stick within their means, then we do that. If their goal is to get out of debt, we tackle how to do that. If their goal is starting a 529 and being able to contribute monthly to build a college fund for their child, we can look at how to make that happen. So, I mean, there's a wide range of things that we can address uh, just based on the goals of the individual. You know, you make a really good point in fit because it's a fit of the timing. It's a fit on what their goals are, uh, making sure what you offer isn't, uh, is, is exactly what they want. They're not really wanting a financial advisor. And then there's the old kind of, does the personality fit? Can they work with you or do you, uh, how does it work for them? So there's, a, there's such a relationship piece and it's a very intimate um, service that you offer. So I'm glad you brought up the part about the fit as well from a lot of different angles. And then I have one more question. Generally, what's the frequency of how often do you meet with clients or customers or clients, I guess? Yes. Mm -hmm. Sure. So we could, a lot of times we can get a smaller question answered in one session Mm -hmm. after we do our initial consultation. consultation. But generally it's three sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, to get things going because a lot of the answers come out of budgeting and and really tackling what they're spending their money on Mm -hmm. and to get a handle on what you're doing as a budget and spending your money on that takes you know between 30 and 90 days so there's a little time that goes into it Um, so while some of the easier simpler goals can be addressed in one session, typically it's going to take about three. Okay, that's good information. And there's a commitment. I'm, the the uh, client really has to be able to say, I'm going to go into something that is I don't always want to go into, but my goal is important enough to take that dive into my financial dark side and, and really get it straight. So um, it's great that you have this service to offer. 
Yeah, and absolutely. One of the first things that we focus on in our first meeting is really going into the why, finding the why of what the person is trying to accomplish. Because it is tough, and you are making changes, and you are making sacrifices. And if you don't keep that why as a family in the forefront of your mind or why as an individual that you're making these changes, it's not going to be sustainable having more money in the bank. It's what you want to do with that money in the end. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So just for clarification, we have your email and uh, in the information below. And Zoom, Google, how, how do you like to meet with, with clients? What works best? We could do whatever the client's interested in. So Zoom meetings are great. I think we're all used to that now. Um, for me, I really love to see somebody's face when I'm talking to them. So, you know, it'd be videos on, mm -hmm. on Zoom. Um, or, you know, if they're comfortable, we can always find some place to meet face-to-face -face as well. Okay. Um, good to know how we can reach out to you and how to get that first consultation, see if it's a good fit and see if it's something that will work for um, our guests. So if you could have a billboard with anything on it that would tell people, gosh, this is where I am in my life and I want you to know and I want to help you, what would it say? What would it be and why? It would be Live by Design. Mm. That's the name of my financial uh, coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, Live Life by Design is, I think, the best thing you could do. And, you know, all you have is the now. All you have is what you're doing right now. And if you're not intentional about it, you know, I can say this now as I'm getting older and my son's growing up so quickly, it just really does pass before your eyes. And, um, you know, there's a planning. I'm a planner. I love planning. But you can't get away from this moment is what you have and be intentional about it and live it by design. That's a beautiful name for a business, by the way, Live by Design, mm -hmm. because I'm also thinking about your transitions. You know, you gave it some time. You, you did make the change from law enforcement to being a, a business owner, a successful business owner. No? Success is being able to take information and make the necessary changes. It, you're right. It's not about failure, but we think about, gosh, how now with the financial coaching, what you'll be able to also, maybe there's someone out there that does want to open their own small business and be able to prepare for that. And um, so what would you say kind of in combining having been a small business owner, kind of, as you said, going with the, uh, the school of hard knocks, but a lot of us do that. I know I did that. Um, and, and blending in that financial coaching now, how does that all pull it together? Well, I think that you have to find your purpose you know, I think part part of my purpose is coaching, right? Whether it's coaching somebody how to make a great dish with the spices that we have or coaching them how to brew a great cup of tea or coaching them how to take control back of their budget. Um, I love sharing knowledge with my friends and family and people in my life. And so I think you need to find your purpose and there needs to be more behind it than just what you're going to do for 40 hours a week mm -hmm. or what you're going to do to bring a paycheck in mm -hmm. because um, it is so much of our life that there needs to be enjoyment and, you know, a reason behind it. Um, and then if that occurs, I'm not saying, you know, obviously there's times in our life where we have to wait tables because, you know, we need to build, pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not downplaying that at all, but um, for, a purpose in life, 
you know, if you have that, that behind whatever it is you're doing, I think that gives you the motivation and the strength to get through a lot of the hard times and a lot of the times that aren't fun um, because it's, it's beyond just what you're doing in that day, in that moment. There's an intention behind it. So what is your proudest accomplishment? Well, I'm going to be super cheesy and say my son. (laughs) I I look at him and he's like the perfect little person. And I think, how did this, you know, how how is this child my child? And just his heart and his um, spirit are amazing. And every day I think, how can I nourish that? What can I do to, you know to allow him to be the person that God created him to be. And how can I not stifle any of that and encourage it, mm-hmm. his spirit to continue to grow and in, into his destiny. Well, and part of being financially capable is, is being able to sustain him as well and give mm-hmm. him the things that you want to give both, you know, emotionally and, and financially as well. Um, but kind of when you're at ease, there's, um, again, you're living with intention. So tell us, um, I'm going to ask a couple more questions. Um, so you talked about how do you reset your compass? You know, so how do you keep yourself going and reset your compass? Uh, wine. Lots oh. and lots of wine. <laughs> no, I have um, some a couple of good girlfriends who we've been together since you know, our sophomore year in high school, since we were 14 and we're all still in the area. And, you know, we do a really good job about keeping it real with each other and being able to support each other, but also call each other out when we need to call each other out and just, you know, reminding each other about what's important and who we really are as a person, right? I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's so many different faces that we show the world and it's nice to have people in your life who know who you are without any of those different faces or masks on. And that's who they are for me. I had lunch with one of them yesterday and it was, you know, one of those days where it was like, I have a lot to tell you, just let me go. And she's like, and I have a lot to tell you. And in the end, you know, we both had set our, you know, we both were in such a better place because we could just have two hours with each other where we were just ourselves, said everything we needed to say, supported each other, called each other out on what needed to be called out, and uh, then reset and move forward. And here we are today. <laughs> with, a re- yeah. with, a, with a reset Sarah. Now, uh, yes, it's, just, exactly. it's, it's, it's wonderful to have that, that, those things and those people in your life to help you reset, absolutely. Um, so what is one thing we didn't include today that you do want to be sure and highlight you know, I would just hit more on kind of what we said in the past, and I think it's culturally becoming the norm to not do things, not try things if you don't think that you're going to do really well on it, or not to try something, um, you know, or not to just move forward if you weren't, aren't sure that you're not going to like knock it out of the park. And I think that people miss out on so much and, you know, just, just try and just do and just be, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but do your best and, and great things will happen. And don't be, don't be scared if it fails Mm -hmm. because it's not a reflection on you. It's just, it is what it is. You tried your best and move forward and try the next thing. And great things will come to you in life if you just keep 
you know, moving forward and keep learning and keep your heart positive about it. Oh, that's just lovely. I can see you telling that to your children. Don't worry if you don't knock it out of the park. Give it a try. Give it a try. Put your heart in it. It's not a reflection. You can do this. It's not a reflection on you, but do give it a try. So, oh, that was lovely, Sarah. Um, oh, thank you. How, do you. how can people best reach you, Sarah? What, what, how, uh, what, how, what, how do you want them to reach you on social media or email or how? How can they reach you? Well, I am taking a social media hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, for right now. So I'm not on social media, but I have co spice girl at gmail.com. Is it my uh, email for me or living by design.co at gmail? We will um, into the podcast as well uh, information below so you'll, our listeners will be able to find it. So thank you so much for joining me today. Gosh, there was just, I, I learned some things I didn't know about you, and I hope our audience learned some things on. Uh, learn from someone else who's been there, tried things, managed change, um, worked through some adversity for sure, but just enjoying life and understanding also what's important and um, how to uh, live by design. I think I just love that. I'm going to leave it with that. <laughs> um, um, hopefully um, our our listeners will have the capability now and a resource to uh, to be able to build their life and live by design. So thanks so much for, share, for sharing today, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I, I loved it. So that's a wrap for today. We've so enjoyed you being with us. I hope you learned something new, got some inspiration, and you are ready to move forward with your own new season. Remember, we are living life at any age. Take some time to visit the other social media sites. Give us some feedback. Shoot me an email on Facebook. And remember, until then, stay safe and keep on living. Cheers.